Welcome to another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast. Uh, JC Online, SoundCloud, still no sponsor, still looking, still uh, still out there searching for someone or some company that wants to um, join the podcast. Always, always willing to listen. But uh, we're here today. We're uh, we're taping on t- uh, Sunday. Uh, a little later than normal. Usually get it out after the game, but uh, a couple things out of my control. We're doing this Sunday after the thirty-seven thirty loss to Rutgers at Ross Age Stadium. Scarlet Knights outscored Purdue twenty-four-seven uh, in the second half. Uh, the key play was the hundred-yard kickoff return after Purdue had extended its lead back to ten at thirty to twenty, and from there, uh, basically, the offense uh, went belly up. Uh, the defense continued not to be able to get off the field. Um, and it was, you know, kind of a familiar script, uh, for Purdue, um, in a lot of, uh, in a lot of situations, there was the interception, uh, by Jack Plummer, the, that didn't help. Um, it, it, that opened the door for, Rutgers to take the lead for good at 34-30. That was the only turnover of the game. Uh, but then the defense uh, just could not get off the field, and the offense didn't have a lot of opportunities. So basically, they didn't have any opportunities. They had the ball one time in the fourth quarter. They ran three plays in the fourth quarter. They they uh, they ran three plays in the fourth quarter. Let that sink in. Purdue ran three offensive plays in the fourth quarter. And they actually were running plays. There were two runs to Xander Horvath for nine, and then Jack Plummer, uh, not sure if he was going to roll out and throw or if he was rolling out to run. But he lost five yards, and Purdue had the punt, and Purdue never touched the ball again the last five. Five minutes and 26 seconds. Uh, you know, Purdue only had the ball for a minute 43 in the fourth quarter um, and ran, as I said, three plays. That's one, two, three. Uh, meanwhile, Rutgers ran uh, 23 plays. 21 rushes, two passes. And uh, the, the killer drive was the 18-play drive that started at the end of the third quarter and then lasted uh, until, I believe, 7.09 to go in the game. Uh, and right there, Purdue had, to, Purdue had to do something because it probably it wasn't going to get the ball back, as it turned out. But 18 plays, 70 yards, it took 9 minutes and 38 seconds off the clock. Nine minutes and 38 seconds. And, yeah, I, I, and the initial thought is that Purdue struggled – on third down. Well, it did. It did struggle on third down, but it didn't get to third down a whole lot. Of the 18 plays, uh, Rutgers ran 14 of them on first and second down. So Purdue only got to third down. It was third and four at one point. And then uh, Johnny Langdon ran for five yards to get a first down. Um. That was one of the third down situations. It was third and one earlier in the drive. The last play of the third quarter in Langdon ran for five yards. Uh, 
So that's two third down situations. And then they had third and three, and Langdon ran for six yards. And then they had third and goal later, uh, where Purdue did have a uh, a one-yard loss, a tackle for loss, and then it set up the field goal. But Purdue didn't get to third down a whole lot in that drive because Rutgers was executing and <laughs> getting a lot of yards on first and second down. And while third down overall was a big problem in the game once again, uh, it was the inability really to to slow down Rutgers. And, and you knew what was coming. You know, Johnny Langdon was into the game for one reason and one reason only, even though he did throw the ball four times and completed four passes for 95 yards. He was in there as a wildcat. He was in there to pick up two, three, four yards a carry. That was it. You know, that's that was the that was what Rutgers went to to eat the clock up and to keep the ball away from Purdue. And we've seen this down for two straight weeks where the opposing team, the best the best plan for them, or one of the plans for them, is to not only score points, which Minnesota and Rutgers did, but but also play keep away from Purdue. And Minnesota and Rutgers both did that. And they, they own the time of possession. I know time of possession is not a, really a, a big stat in my mind. Um, but it comes into play when a team keeps the ball for nearly 10 minutes. And they're limiting your opportunities to score unless you get a turnover and, or get a pick six, turnover, fumble recovery, whatever, so you can get the ball back. And it just it puts a lot of pressure on your um, on your offense when they do get the ball because they're probably not going to see it again, and they didn't. Uh, so, you know, the Purdue defense continues to struggle. Uh, continues to struggle in a lot of areas. They did get a sack that resulted in a safety and seemed to spark the team because they went on – they scored 16 straight points after that. And they, they kind of had control of the game. And even in the second half – Rutgers got the ball. They hit the, the the short slant pass that went for 62 yards, reminiscent of the Minnesota game a year ago. Uh, but Purdue came right back and answered. And you thought, well, they're in, you know, this time they answer. This time, you know, they're, they're going to be able to, uh, you know, if Rutgers scores again, then, you know, Purdue's going to be in position to, to answer once again, they did. You know, they had a they had an impressive drive in the third quarter, their first possession after Rutgers had got it to twenty three twenty. You know, good mix of Horvath running. He had eleven yards on the first carry, fifteen on the second, seven on the third, um, and then Plummer spread it around to Rondell Moore, Garrett Miller. Um, and then Horvath comes back and rushed for three. Purdue gets in the red zone again where they had a lot more success than they've had in recent games as far as scoring touchdowns. Now, it doesn't happen immediately. Usually they have to get to third down uh, to score. But then on third and 10 from the 18, I mean, Plummer threw a, threw a perfect ball to David Bell who went up and won the jump ball. And Purdue's back up 10. They, you know, They'd answered. They'd weathered that weathered that initial kick, uh, storm from from Rutgers to start the second half, and you felt like at that point the way uh, Purdue was moving the ball that they would continue to score. But that was it. 
they didn't score again. You know, and then on the ensuing kickoff, Rutgers uh, took it back to the house, 100 yards, and that seemed to zap any energy that Purdue had built up based on its last score. Um, and the body language was bad. Um, it was second straight week. They, they had a special teams uh, miscue. Uh, the, the, the ones at Minnesota were the missed field goals. And then to give up a hundred yard kickoff return, it just that was that was the beginning of the end. And you know Purdue got the ball back after the kickoff. And you, you got to remember, I mean Rutgers uh, um, Purdue's defense was not on the field a whole lot in that third quarter. You know the first first drive of the third quarter, Rutgers had the ball, and they they took them five plays, eighty two yards in two and a half minutes. To score, so Purdue's defense was only on the field for two and a half minutes in the third quarter. Then Purdue gets the ball, they score. Rutgers returns the kickoff, so Rutgers' defense is back out there again, and Purdue's defense doesn't get back on the field. They had left the field with twelve twenty-nine to go in the third quarter, and they get back on the field with seven fifty to go in the third quarter. So they had plenty of time. Uh, and plus they were coming out of halftime. So they had plenty of time to not be tired, you know, stay fresh. Um, but even, you know, Purdue's offense did move, start moving the ball again. You know, King Daru had a, had a nice run and then Plummer hit Rondell Moore. Um, but then, you know, on third and 10, um, you know, Plummer's intercepted. It was a bad throw. It was a bad decision. You know, rolling rolling to his right and then trying to throw across his body over the middle. That is, as we all know, the worst thing a quarterback can do. And, you know, that was another. The kickoff return was one thing, but then the interception opened the door for Rutgers to, to really um, seize control of this game. And that's where some of, that's where the struggles on third down came, uh, where you know Purdue had them third and four, they had them third and three, um, and the third and three, you know they they were in a position, put it this way, they were in a position to hold Rutgers to a field goal when it was thirty to twenty seven, but then Derek Barnes is called for targeting, which when you watch the replay and based out based how targeting has been explained over and over again, it sure didn't look like targeting as far as, you know, it's not helmet-to-helmet contact. Now, you know, maybe targeting now is, you know, your helmet into the chest or your face mask into the chest of a, of a player. Um, but it sure didn't, from the replays, it didn't look like targeting, but I can't sit here today and say I know exactly what targeting is because targeting changes every week. What's targeting one week is not targeting the next week. But that was a big blow because Purdue had Purdue had stopped Rutgers. They were going to have to kick a field goal, and then they had first and goal at the six, and then they ended up scoring a touchdown to go ahead 34-30. So, the, you know, for Purdue, the best case scenario was to just hold them to a field goal after the turnover, get the game tied, and then and then go from there. But the the targeting penalty allowed them to to score a touchdown, and um, 
and Purdue's offense just kind of uh, went stagnant after that. Uh, they had uh, their next drive only lasted five five plays, and then uh, Rutgers got the ball back and this kept the ball for almost ten minutes, and then Purdue only had one possession in the fourth quarter, and it didn't do anything with it. So there were limited opportunities for the offense, you know, and I think you have, you point the finger at the defense for that. Um, but the offense also wasn't efficient or productive when it had the ball. Um, you know, on the, on the, in their only drive in the fourth quarter, you know, there were no passes to Rondell Moore or David Bell. And then uh, in their drive in the third quarter, he, Jack had hit David Bell for 18 yards. Um, but that was it as far as either Bore, uh, Moore or Bell being involved. Uh, in the offense, he kind of overshot uh, Jackson Anthrop, even though he got a hand on it on a third and 13 play. That wasn't probably going to pick up the first down if he had actually caught it. So, I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things to unpack about this game as far as, you know, where do you you know, where do you start as far as um, what went wrong and how does it get fixed? You know, there's both all three phases. I mean, you had all three phases. You had breakdowns in all three phases at some point in this game, and you know that that, that just can't happen. And, and I know Purdue fans are more are, are upset just because they lost to a team called Rutgers. Well, Rutgers is a different team this year. This is not the team that program that Purdue lost to in 2017. You know that that was a. a that was a bad loss, even though that was Brahms' first year. And it was still kind of early to midway through the season. That was a that was a bad loss because Rutgers scored on two big plays, and that was it. And Purdue's offense could not put it in the end zone, but even though they outgained Rutgers that day by a bunch. Um, but the Rutgers, this Rutgers team under Greg Schiano, they 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 have speed. They're physical. Uh, they, they do try to intimidate you with their physicality as I think as if you watch the game, you saw that, uh, especially the, the cheap shot on Payne Durham, uh, in the first quarter where he got kicked in the, you know what, um, you know, luckily an official threw a flag on that. Um, but they, you know, they, you know, they had speed on the edge on offense and Purdue does, you know, produce lack of quickness and lack of speed really other than Derek Barnes who played a terrific game before uh, he was called for targeting. I mean, the, the, the guy was running sideline to sideline and he was running fast sideline to sideline, chasing down uh, these Rutgers players, but he had, he had a wonderful game. He could have had two or three interceptions uh, just didn't happen for him. The team could have had three, four, five interceptions and actually did have an interception that was called back because DeMarcus Mitchell hit the Rutgers quarterback low and they, they flagged him for roughing the passer. But, um, you know, Purdue had its opportunities to, uh, to create turnovers. It didn't do it. It had its opportunities to get off the field on third down. It didn't do it. The offense had, offense had opportunities um, to, to score, even though they were limited possessions or keep the ball, uh, and it didn't do it. And special teams had a chance to step up and make a play. Um, and it didn't, it didn't do it. So all three phases really, uh, failed at one point in this game. And, you know, when you score 30, that should be enough.
to win, regardless of what you think about the defense or anything like that. Granted, George Karloftis didn't play. His, his absence was noticeable. I don't believe Marvin Grant was out on the field uh, and didn't see him on the sideline. Now, whether he's whether that's injury-related or something else, um, you know, we don't know at this time. Um, so, you know, Purdue was down a couple defensive guys. Uh, you mentioned Marcus Mitchell did play um, and almost almost had a almost had a sack. And Purdue did some different things, trying to get some pressure on the quarterback um, than they than they done in previous games. And they had a couple guys come free with a shot, um, but they, they still only had the one sack. And you know, not getting pressure on the quarterback is really, uh, I think, has been a it's been a big problem for for this defense because um, I, I don't think their coverage has been that great, um, but. They, they, they would at, at this point they they're preferring to rush three maybe four, uh, and they're counting on their coverage to to make the plays and um, yeah I'm not I, I would say I'm not 100 percent convinced that's working I mean I I, I know it's not working uh, it's not working to the level that it needs to work for this defense and if you you know if you go through the season they gave up 20 points to Iowa gave up 24 points to Illinois. Gave up 27 points to Northwestern. Uh, gave up 34 points to Minnesota. And now they've given up 37 points uh, to Rutgers. So it's gradually gotten, you know, they've given up a little bit each week. A little bit more each week, putting a little bit more pressure on the offense to score and be perfect. Um, and that's that's where... That's where they're at right now as a team. The offense has to be perfect and have no turnovers and limit their penalties. Uh, you got to hope the defense can make a stop. Just, you know, you need, you know, at this point, and, you know, Jeff Rom can talk about fixing it and all that kind of stuff. If, if, if they knew the answer or if they've got more to try, they're going to do it. But if there was an overriding, this is what Purdue needs to do, they would have they would have done it by now. I think now they're at a point with two two regular season games left, and then the crossover game at the end. Um, I think they're at a point now just trying to come up with something that can get that defense off the field on third down. Um, you know they continued to rotate players on the defensive line. You know that was a positive at the beginning of the year. Um, you know again they are a little bit shorthanded, but most teams are. Shorthanded anyway. I mean, Rutgers didn't even play the quarterback that everybody thought they would play. And they ended up with a guy that wasn't even on the quarterback depth chart on the uh, flip card they handed out. Uh, so, uh, you know, you have to adjust. you got to have depth. you got to have guys just ready to play and and, and step in. Um, but, you know, Purdue's defense is not in a great spot right now. They have uh, slowly every week uh, taken a step back. And you got to remember, Jeff Brown made uh, wholesale changes on that side of the ball after last season, not happy with the, the numerous big plays that the defense was giving up and also the inability to get off the field on third down. That was two of the main reasons he made made the changes that he made. And I, and I would say that um, the defense has um, 
manage the big plays. They're still giving up some, like they gave up the 62-yarder uh, for a touchdown. But overall, when you compare it to last year, it is it is better based on the numbers. You know, the numbers tell you that it's not, you know, giving up 20, getting giving up plays of 20 yards or more, you know, it has been reduced. Now it's a different schedule. It's a different, you know, everything's different about this year. So it's not completely, you know, an apples to apples thing. Uh, but I, I think, based on watching every game, covering every game. I think they've, they have uh, managed the big plays a little bit better than they did last year. And they're not, but they're not any better. And they're probably worse on third down than they were a year ago. You know, if you just look at the pure numbers of things in Rutgers finished 10 of 17, um, I believe Minnesota uh, the week before was either seven of 11 or eight of 12. I think seven of eleven. So that's seventeen of twenty-eight. The last two weeks, um, you know, it's just keeping drives alive. And you know, possession time. Rutgers had thirty-five minutes of possession time compared to twenty-four Purdue. You know, thirteen of those minutes came in the fourth quarter, and twenty-one of those minutes came um, in the second half compared to nine minutes or seven minutes for Purdue in the second half, and only a a buck 43 in the fourth quarter. Uh, So the defense has to get off the field. There has to be a way for this defense to rise up and make a play. And and again, I mentioned this earlier, but I think the the most disturbing thing about the defense in this game is just that you knew what was coming. I mean, you knew that Rutgers was going to run the ball and Johnny Langdon was going to – Johnny Langdon, I think that's his name. He was going to do it, and he was the guy. And Purdue just could not, you know, slow him down. And he wasn't trying to get 10 yards a pop. He was trying to get two, three, four, or five yards. That was it. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't looking to go coast to coast. He wasn't looking to break a long one, get, uh, get three or four yards, and then stay alive for the next play. And that's, you know, that's what happened. And Purdue still couldn't stop it, you know. And I, they just couldn't stop it. And I, you, know, you credit Rutgers' offensive line. You credit Johnny. Um, you credit their running game for, you know, giving them situations to, to thrive in. But, um, you know, Purdue's got to find a way to get off the field in those crucial situations and those crucial situations could come in the in the first quarter the second quarter but they're magnified when they come in the second half and that's what that's what happened in this game where um you know that long long drive um just kind of put Purdue in a position where um it was you know make or break couldn't uh um you had zero, zero margin for error. And then they go on a nearly 10-minute drive and uh, put the game away. So Purdue is 2-3. and three. They got Nebraska coming up. Uh, Northwestern did lose to Michigan State on Saturday. And, and not that Purdue had really a chance to get back into the conversation with the Big Ten West. But if, you, if, you, if Purdue had beaten Rutgers, they would still have two losses. Uh, they would still be tied with Iowa in the loss column. 
And what this loss does now for Purdue, it probably prevents it from finishing second in the league or a chance to finish second. And now you're looking anywhere from third to you know potentially last. To be honest, um, you know, if you can't beat if you can't beat Nebraska, then I'm not sure. Uh, no, I'm not sure you're going to have a great chance to beat IU. Um, and even if Purdue beats Nebraska, I'm not sure that uh, you know Purdue's going to beat IU. You know, IU is on a roll right now. IU's doing you know everything that you would expect from from that team. Now, Michael Penix went out with an injury. We'll see how that affects uh, their offense, uh, whether he can get back. They got a big game against Wisconsin coming up on Saturday before they play Purdue. Uh, but yeah, Purdue staring, you know, I, I thought the key game in this season as, as this thing unfolded was the Minnesota game. I thought if Purdue could have won that and at some level they did, but if they were sitting at three and one after that game, um, and I thought they really had a good chance to finish strong. Maybe, um, you know, I, I thought they could they could get to the bucket game with, you know, maybe the one loss, you know, maybe two. And then you take your chances in the bucket game and then whatever the uh, crossover game brought you, that's that's what it would be. But but also said if they lost the Minnesota game, um, this thing could get out of hand quickly. And you know, and it did. You know, the the Rutgers, um, the 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 Vegas spread on the game was way too high. It was eleven, which I didn't understand. But it didn't really move, which told me money was not coming in on Rutgers to to uh, uh, to move that line. There were a lot of people that were still confident that Purdue could have covered the eleven point spread and. You know, you got to remember all all five Purdue games now, right now. They've been decided by a combined twenty-eight points. And that's that's uh, that's less than a touchdown a game. So Purdue's going to play close games, um, and now it's a matter of finishing those close games. And they early in the year they did. You know they beat. You know able to make a play and against Iowa, and then make a make a defensive play to 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 get a win. Uh, you know they're able to hold off Illinois um, and do enough, uh, build enough of a cushion to win that game. You know, Northwestern was a close game, but a turnover, that fumble recovery kind of changed the outlook. The Minnesota game, you know, Purdue never led, but, you know, had a chance at the end. And then uh, this one where, you know, the game turned on the kickoff return and Purdue just never got its mojo back, you know, after that. And, you know, some of it is mental toughness. Some of it is just, you know, having guys stepping up and making plays. Um so it's a it's an interesting uh, time for Purdue football uh, because they have you know you start two and zero and now you're two and three and now they're just scrambling to try to get back to five hundred try to finish over five hundred and make this uh, make this season worth worth something it's you know obviously it's been a weird and strange season uh, but you know you don't want to you don't want to end it with uh, some consecutive losses because in your crossover game as of today, I believe Purdue would play Michigan um, based on the uh, the league standings right now, um, and that and Michigan's not having a good year, but still Michigan, and you know that's not a game that Purdue would be favored in. 
That would not be that would not be a game you ex, you would expect Purdue to win. And you know things you know things obviously can change, and um, they will. But as of right now, I think Purdue would play Michigan in that in that crossover game, and we'll see where all this goes. The Big Ten right now is just kind of holding its breath because you know Ohio State lost another game over the weekend. Uh, not lost in the win loss column, but lost the game when the uh, the matchup at uh, Illinois was canceled due to COVID concerns around Ohio State. So they cannot afford another cancellation in their last two games against Michigan State and Michigan, or they will not be eligible for uh, the Big Ten championship unless I believe twelve of the remaining X number of games are are canceled, and that would drop the threshold to a point where. Ohio State and possibly Wisconsin could could get involved, but if they can't play this uh, this week against Michigan State, then uh, Indiana would be uh, the benefit benefactor of of that and probably move into the the Big Ten title game. The strange part is that Ohio State could be five and zero, not playing the Big Ten title game, but playing the college football playoff. Um, that's just <laughs> that's how that's how weird this uh, situation is. Uh, right now, and then on the on the western side, Northwestern's still in really good shape. Uh, they would have to have a, I think, a total collapse not to to represent the West in the championship game. But if uh, you know a team like Iowa sitting right there, that if Northwestern would stumble in both uh, both games remaining, then Iowa sitting right there, um, ready to take advantage. You know, Wisconsin cannot get to six games because they've had too many canceled. Um, so, you know, I think it's Iowa's, Iowa's got the only shot, I think, to get uh, to get to Indianapolis from the west side other than Northwestern. But I, Northwestern finishes with Minnesota and Illinois. Uh, and there's probably some questions whether Minnesota is going to play this week. They announced over the weekend that they've had 40 athletes and staff members uh, test positive. Uh, they've had, uh, I believe it's 15 since November 24th. So they're they're dealing with their own issues up there. And if they can't get on the practice field, I would assume by Wednesday, uh, then, you know, that, that game. And it, it doesn't matter from Northwestern's standpoint because if their Minnesota game's not played, um, they're still in good shape because they've played every game up till now. They could actually have their last two games canceled, but then um, Northwestern would still win the West because they have played. They have already played six games. They are they are f- uh, five and one, and they, that would put them into the uh, the Big Ten title game. But in this abbreviated season, you want to play as much football as possible. And I have no idea what's going to happen with the bowls. Uh, the Pinstripe Bowl canceled uh, on Friday. Um, that eliminates a Big Ten bowl. I, I have to think that others are going to uh, other bowls outside of the college football playoff in the New Year Six are going to probably follow the same uh, path. Um, and I, I don't, you know, Purdue's not going to get up that high. You know, you're looking at uh, you know possibly Ohio State in the college football playoff, and then you know Indiana, Northwestern uh, vying for. Uh, maybe a New Year's Six Bowl, and uh, that might be it. Uh, I don't, I don't think, I, you know. I guess Wisconsin would still be an attractive team, but they haven't played a lot of games. And how do you pick Team A over Team Team B when the, uh, Team B's played more 
games in team a and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, we'll see. Uh, but, uh, college football, college basketball, the NFL, they're all determined to, to plow through this thing and play, uh, or, you know, the virus be damned because they're just, they're just going to do it. They just are. Alrighty. That's going to wrap up, uh, this edition of the Boulders extra podcast. Appreciate you stopping by, uh, questions, comments, uh, concerns, uh, drop me a line, uh, drop me an email. Uh, they're at, uh, my email address is on all, all my stories, uh, on jconline.com. Uh, would love to hear from, uh, as many people as possible. If you have comments you want to, you want to share or, uh, you just want to yell at me, uh, for something, which is, which is okay. You can do that. All right. Uh, we got Ben's basketball coming up on Tuesday. It's an afternoon game, three o'clock against Oakland at Mackey arena. Uh, hopefully put the, put together a wrap up after that game. Uh, then men's basketball again on Friday against Valparaiso and then Purdue and Nebraska on Saturday from Rossay. That's a noon kickoff on, on BTN. Uh, they did announce the time of that game last night. Uh, and then on Monday, we'll f- coming up on Monday, we should find out. You know, we should, and I'll say we should. We should find out what time the Indiana game is. But that may get that may be a six day uh, window decision based on a lot of other factors of where they want to show that game on TV. If Indiana has a shot to to potentially win the uh, win the East or um, or represent. Um, uh, the East in, in the Big Ten championship game. So may not get an exact time on Monday, but you never know. TV networks work in mysterious ways. All right, appreciate you stopping by. Have a, have a good day, and we'll talk to you later.